What was the best moments you've experienced while playing Dungeons and Dragons? The time we planned and executed a heist to steal a fortune belonging to our rogue's corrupt father. There was a lot involved, from using a magical bird familiar to recon the keep where the money was stored, to my shape-shifting character taking on the form of a guard to sneak some of us inside, to recruiting a posse of disgruntled locals to help us cart away numerous bars of silver and gold. But the best part was, when, after we set off some magical alarms on our way out, the father rushed into his vault to check on his fortune and threw back the tarp covering his stack of gold and silver bars, only to find that the precious metal was all gone and the tarp was covering a live bear. Suddenly, bear. Did I mention it's a magic bear who often wears a sign saying, Magic bear, do not eat? As a willing forever DM, I would just like to say that I have been waiting with bated breath for this kind of story grouping to come up in my assignments. Huzzah! On to more D&D stories. My party went from revered heroes of the town they saved to hated outcasts with an official restraining order approved by the king himself when they tried to prank an old merchant and ended up murdering a beloved town elder, then trying to steal his mayorship. This sounds like someone had to roll more than a single one to accomplish that. Telling my party that the main archery store is called Target. Thinking about that brief pause followed by a few sighs and reluctant laughter still makes me crack up. My name was Doug Windchaser, but I insisted everyone call me Darkblade. Well, my whole party just kept calling me Dougblade or Duckblade or Dudblade. I had a similar experience. I told them my name was LV Sugartips. They thought I said sugar followed by a word for a female's chest. It never changed for months of playing, and I even have a mug with them from LV Sugar Chest. Safe to say, my character has been renamed without my permission. Ah, yes, the old taser face conundrum. I once had a character called Guinevere. Everyone called her Gummy Bear. Somewhat inadvertently ended up stealing from and systematically dismantling a merchant family's bedding business across multiple cities. They were completely unrelated to the story, but we just kept bumping into them. They didn't happen to sell cabbages, did they? My character was a broken clock, right time of day kind of character. The type that would eat the only lit candle in a room just so the other party members wouldn't be able to see when they woke up. The highlight of our campaign came when I was having such crappy dice rolls that I decided to just aim for the space next to the enemy I was fighting to see what would happen. I rolled a 1, so I missed that space and hit the enemy instead. On my very first D&D session, our party was going on a treasure hunt and had just encountered a monster the DM liked to call a knuckle dragger or something like that. He had intended us to fight it like a boss battle, but before we fought, our paladin intimidated it to stand down for a turn, so we all got a free action. Or at least half of us would, since the DM rolled and said it was so hungry that it will only be stunned long enough that it will run on hunger alone. This worked great for my character. I play a sneaky human monk with literally no backbone to her and who is now trying really hard not to fight the giant ogre creature we were looking at. Just before we encountered it, we had raided a goblin camp which included having a whole bunch of jerky with us. My free action was to immediately offer this knuckle dragger all the jerky we've got so that maybe it would get full and no one would fight. Win-win. A few lucky rolls later, the fight ends before it began, with a healthily fed knuckle dragger, some level ups, and allowing us to skip a few more traps in the temple. We adopted him, by the way. His name is George. The paladin feeds him. 
I'll always be happy about the time my party ran into some goblins hauling oil into a ship. They opened up a barrel of oil and tossed some on the goblins, and then lit them on fire. The goblins, not being that dumb, jumped in the water. So then the party dumped oil, using a floating hand to cover a wide area, all over the water and lit that on fire too. What did those goblins ever do to you? The ship was a pirate ship that was essentially holding the town captive. The oil was actually one of the reasons the pirates were raiding, since it was in high demand in the pirate stronghold. The goblins were essentially deckhands, and a hobgoblin was the captain. It was a pirate-heavy couple of sessions. Ah, pirates. Outlaws' lives are forfeit. Carry on. Why are acts of painful, Geneva Treaty-violating murder so much funnier when they're carried out in this game? I may never know because pausing to work out would stop my games being so hilarious. More nautical hijinks to follow. I was DMing a campaign with a new group. Only one guy had ever played before, five players total. They had a ship and were traveling by sea to new quests and transporting some goods for cash when they landed. I had in mind to have them and their ship captured by pirates and have them escape later, so I sent two full warships at them full of pirates, hopelessly outnumbering them, thinking, there's no way they can get out of this quest. They panicked. As the pirates got closer, arrows started flying. What did they do? Well, one of the goods they had was a high-alcohol grog, and they had a heck of a rogue archer. So they wrapped a couple of arrows in rope, dunked them, lit them, and fired them into the sails of the other ships. I made three separate rolls for the sequence of events between the hit, the rope holding up, and it successfully lighting up the other sails, per ship, and they fricking nailed it both times, on all accounts using teamwork and assists on skills. They burned two fully loaded, heavy pirate ships at sea using two arrows. I was in awe. I had to give them extra XP for their ingenuity. My players had to fight a dragon. They rolled shockingly well throughout the fight and were surprisingly winning. So being in the open, I had logically had the dragon flee. This was surprising given they were only level 3 and only bad rolls from the dragon had kept them alive. Most everyone got an attack of opportunity in or ran as it thrashed out of the tower, making it collapse. But the half-orc barbarian wasn't having any of it. She had a custom weapon from a special orc bad guy the party had fought. It was essentially a hook on a chain you could throw and drag people to you with, and her usual greatsword as a weapon. This will become relevant shortly. As the dragon flew up, she said she wanted to grapple it. Rolled, succeeded. Okay, you're holding on to its tail. She then spent the next couple of rounds as this massive dragon flew hundreds of feet into the air, climbing to the middle of its back. The dragon was rolling and thrashing, trying to throw her off, but she rolled great every time and hung in there. Then, she wanted to throw the hook and latch it onto the dragon's face or eye. Rolls a freaking 19. Hook lodged in the dragon's eye, and now she's riding it through the air like a venom-breathing bull at the world's scariest rodeo. Then she started hacking at the dragon's wing. At this point, she's like 300 feet in the air and is expecting this to just be a badass way to kill herself. First attack hits, okay damage. Second attack crits, almost max damage. I say that the wing shears free in a gout of blood, the brittle wing bones splintering under the mighty blow. Now she's riding an almost dead dragon as it plummets to the earth from a height that would kill anything like a green slim pickens, planning to go out in a blaze of glory. As the dragon and orc smash into a building in the town, the other PCs run there to surely find their friend dead. Well, half-orcs have a feature that makes them particularly hard to kill, and I figured the spirits she worshipped would be pretty gosh darn impressed by such a move, so I gave her one last chance. Roll a con save with disadvantage. For non-D&D players, this means you roll two 20-sided dice and take the worst of the two rolls. 
First roll is a natural 20, everyone is laughing, saying if only it wasn't at disadvantage. Second roll, another fricking natural 20. Table loses its mind. The other characters dig through the rubble, and among what is left of the splattered dragon, they find a barely alive, unconscious half-orc barbarian with a giant grin frozen on her face. I ruled even with healing magic, she'd be so wounded she needed a week to recover, so the party had to drag her around in a cart for a while. But thus began the reoccurring legend of Ure the Dragon Slayer through my games. Using spring-loaded gauntlets meant for deploying quickly hidden daggers to house and launch small snakes at enemies, and the look on everyone's faces when I did this. Party was fighting Orcus, final fight of our entire campaign, fate of the universe resting on our hands. My bard had an ability that allowed me to replace up to four rolls with whatever I roll. Since it was just based on enemies and an area of effect, I was able to get two in each time. We kept a minion alive just for this. I also had an ability that allowed me to re-roll any d20 I roll three times a day, so I cheesed the frick out of those three abilities. Orcus ended up getting dominated, crit himself because I rolled a net 20, and replaced his attack roll with it, made him fail his save with a super low roll. Then did the roll thing again, crit him again, and made him fail. So he was essentially hitting himself for three rounds of combat, two of them being crits. He died from hitting himself, and my DM was visibly just, God damn it. I'm not super good at the roleplay aspect of the game. I'm a new player, just under a year of playing, but my group disbanded after college ended. Anyway, my party was in a fight from a set-up stealth mission gone wrong. One person was unconscious, the other struggling, and I had the big muscular barbarian attacking me. My DM said he was a Russian Armstrong from Fullmetal Alchemist. I was pretty low on HP, and no potions or healing spells as the unconscious player was the cleric. Out of a random turn of events, I asked the DM if instead of attacking, I could use a charisma check to flirt with him. He said, sure. By the way, my character was male. Rolled a natural 20. We made out for two turns, and on the third turn, I failed my roll, so he stopped kissing me and attacked me. On my next turn, I said, as my character, I can't believe you. I thought you were different than the rest, that you and I could make all this fighting come to a standstill by the others, seeing the true love you and I had for each other. I see that you just used me for personal gain and tossed me aside like common trash. I've never felt so abused in my entire life. Started crying and dashed away from battle. My DM said, he technically has an attack of opportunity to use on you, but he's not gonna use it. The other player convinced the enemy I made out with to come after me and beg for forgiveness and he managed to take out one of the two people fighting him, and since the big barbarian had left, the other one got scared and ran. So we ended up winning the fight, I guess? The barbarian enemy became an unintended love interest for the next while, all because I didn't want my character to die. <laughs> ah, the old bard seducing an unlikely enemy trope. Even my biggest horn dog of a bard character has never gone so far as to try this, but I salute you for succeeding, my good fellow player. I always play with the same group of friends. They're good friends, but not the greatest D&D PCs. Said friends also have a tendency for their characters to change motivations rapidly without reason, even occasionally based on out-of-game info. I love my friends, but my patience was running thin with their play-whatever-is-the-most-convenient attitude. In our most recent adventure, our party was mostly good, my witch being the lone, unknown holdout. Over the course of three to four play sessions, six plus hours each, my witch began dragging each of the other characters towards evil. 
It started with simple acts like convincing the druid to summon squirrels to disarm a trap laid for us, and culminated in a cruel torture scene where I burned a man alive from the inside out to get info on our next target. After the deed was completed and no one stepped in to stop me, our DM announced that the entire team would have to shift their alignments to evil. They were all complicit and could no longer claim to be good. It was so satisfying to see my fellow PCs realize that the actions they took in character would have meaning, and they could not claim to be good while committing evil acts. Everyone's playstyle has evolved significantly since that point. Did you cackle in a suitable manner? You're gosh darn right I did. It was incredibly satisfying to watch them struggle with the implications it had on their characters. And for the record, I wasn't attempting to strip them of their agency. I only convinced the DM to change their alignment because they had the choice to stand up against me on multiple occasions, and time and time again, decided to say and do nothing. I wanted them to show me how good they were, but there wasn't much to show. One of our party fell into a river while we were crossing the ford. She rolled a one, a critical danger roll, and fell into the rapids and was washed downstream. Our DM was lenient about it and really didn't want her character to die yet as it was our first epoch of the game. So he said to her, Roll to see if you can cling onto a branch and pull yourself out. She rolls a one. DM is like, Okay, so the branch broke and you're getting pulled further downstream. Roll again to see if you can swim to shore. She rolls a one. DM. Wow, okay, uh, so you see a bridge coming up. Roll to see if you can hang on to the side and pull yourself out. She rolls a one. DM. Are you kidding me? Okay, you missed the bridge, but there's an island in the river and you reach it exhausted. Up to you guys to see if you want to rescue her. Everybody agrees. We throw a rope to her to get her back across. DM. Okay, so roll to see if you grab the rope. She rolls a two. DM. Okay, so roll again. Rolls a three. This is insane. Okay, roll a d8 to see if you grab the rope. She rolls a six. DM. Hooray, the team pulls you to shore. You survive, somehow. You have acquired a new nickname, Rag the Luckless. Probably when we met a friendly yet clearly evil lich in a tower. The poor paladin, the only good-aligned character in a party of mostly evil, slightly trolly players, of course attacked him before we could talk to him and work out whatever we were here for. Whatever, all good with us, we helped him kill the lich. Then we discovered that he would only stay dead for so long. That just didn't sit right with us, so we prepared his tower a bit. We upper-decked his toilets, pooped on his coffee table, drew a picture of a horse doing the deed with a person on his door, we labeled the horse us and the person you, took the door off its hinges, raised the tower, destroyed its foundation, defecated on the rubble, and then left the door on top of the debris. All of this, of course, over the objections of our noble paladin, who just wanted to rid the world of evil. The direction the campaign took did not allow the character to come back, but I'm still expecting some GM retribution in a future game for that one. Totally worth it. My first campaign was with some twisted but hilarious friends. We had a couple of people with really high charisma and used the local townsfolk in unspeakable but efficient ways. At one point, we were accompanied by a local dwarven smith, with a martial past of some sort, and we needed to explore a creepy cathedral. Having heard some horrible skittering coming from the entrance, none of us wanted to go first, so we got the dwarf drunk and spoke of glory to be won in leading a courageous charge. Not content to simply scout, we also managed to hide several bottles of highly flammable liquid on him, for after the great victory, and poured a drink over him for luck. When he made his brave and glorious charge, a fire arrow in the back turned him into a rather unwilling bomb, and cleared out a nasty nest of spiders that lay in wait. Our paladin was lawful good, but also hopelessly gullible, and went along with our depraved deeds without complaint. Our second and more horrible transgression was just soon after this fiery escapade, 
when we use a local boy who'd been helping us to find his friend as a fishing lure to draw out the queen spider from a pit that looked like certain death to enter. We all set up with bows and some large pieces of rubble at the mouth of the hole, lowered in the poor hapless fellow and dropped everything we had on the spider queen when she came to claim the morsel. Unfortunately, we were only able to recover the bottom half of the lad, but our entirely amoral and lecherous druid declared, Well, at least we've got the good half. The druid and I were the Oakenrod brothers, an incestuous pair that used every opportunity to slip in references to our somewhat deviant ways. As we found out later, our dearly departed dwarf actually had quite the kinky dungeon beneath his house, and we were sure to make proper use of the facilities for our raucous lovemaking as soon as the group left us alone in the house. I think the DM left that day a little stunned by what he'd witnessed. This isn't quite the most murder hobo y group of murder hobos to ever murder hobo, but it sure sits in the upper quartile of them. They still don't compare to the games I ran for kids, who were on a remarkable level when it came to lacking morality, although they didn't do quite so much adult stuff with each other. My players were trying to get a free room with a Thieves Guild password discount. The rogue knew the password because she'd infiltrated the guild, but when the group was asked the password, the rogue refused to tell them. The other two party members panicked and said super confidently, Dip dip potato chip. Laughing my butt off, I decided that was worth 50% off the room, so the guild let them in. Starting a new campaign with new characters, my buddy decided to play as a Goliath paladin. Our characters were meeting at a tavern for a job. He decided that instead of walking through the door, he was going to kick it down. Fails the strength check with a plus four. Twice. After being thoroughly humiliated and teeing off the barkeep by cracking the doorframe, he tries to enter the door normally. Our DM has him roll dexterity because he's like ten feet tall. Natural one. He smacks his head on the top of the doorframe and passes out. My party was en route to an island off the mainland that held a quest we needed to handle. On the ride, our DM decided to have us roll history to see if we knew anything about the island. Two of us critically failed. My character no longer believed the island existed and was sure we would fall through the island when it finally came into view. Our bard believed it was full of big-chested goliath girls. Another time, our DM had us roll for dreams. I critically failed, and our goliath rolled a natural 20. His dreams invaded my own and I had to sleep to him engaging in nightlong festivities with other big-chested Goliath girls. The next day, I rolled pretty low on a charisma check at the blacksmith and my character randomly yelled, I see Goliath wangs in my dreams. Good times. So far, all we've done was make our characters and a few scenes, but it was so fun coming up with random names that weren't so random, like Parry Hosser and Rilo Ken. Alcohol and lots of Monty Python references were involved. First time I played D&D, I played a chaotic knight. My character would do the most random crap possible and the rest of the group thought it was ridiculous. One of the quests is to explore a cave and before we explore it, the entire group rested up outside the cave and one person takes watch. My character decides that he isn't going to watch over the group and goes to the entrance of the cave and digs a giant hole and covers it, then comes back to the camp. Everyone that I was playing with was literally thinking, what the frick? So, long story short, we explore the cave, kill all the people, and almost defeat the main bad guy. But the DM decides that the bad guy flees from the cave, and I remind the DM that I want to roll for the bad guy to fall in the ditch and die. I roll a natural 20, and the bad guy falls into the hole and dies. The DM is teed off, everyone in the group is dying of laughter, because my character's idiotic nature saved the quest. In Pathfinder, there's the time I started a prison riot with nothing but the message spell and some good bluff rolls. So we were planning to break the whole party out of prison, and to do that we needed to distract the guards. 
My character, a catfolk sorcerer with the Rakshasa bloodline, gets the bright idea to get the prisoners fighting among themselves. One of the powers of the Rakshasa bloodline that's available at creation is the ability to give yourself a plus 5 bonus on bluff checks a number of times a day equal to 3 plus your charisma modifier. This character's modifier was plus 4, so it could be used a total of 7 times a day. Bluff is a class skill for a sorcerer, and we were playing at first level, so I had a rank in it for a total of 8 points in it. But I was also using the Clever Cat racial feature, which gives a plus 2 to bluff, diplomacy, and sense motive. A total of plus 10. So all in all, up to 7 times a day I could roll bluff with a plus 15 bonus at first level. Now, with that context established... This prison had anti-magic crystals in it, because the dwarfs running it aren't stupid, but I managed to make all of my rolls to successfully cast my spells through the anti-magic. I start imitating the voices of people using the message spell. Message isn't telepathic, it produces an audible sound, which seems like a whisper to anyone who isn't directly intended for. So, people are looking at each other like, what the frick did you just say to him? Because they think they hear a dwarf mumble something rude about how small a minotaur is in their area. Soon, chaos breaks out and I'm just standing in the mess hall, looking innocent while the rest of the party tries to grab gear and take out the guards. It was hilarious and it made me fall in love with the character. Our party had been temporarily deputized so we could help catch some criminals. We got these little badges we could flash to get access to parts of the city we shouldn't have been able to go. Our rogue, being a typical rogue, decided he wanted to rob a particularly hefty-looking coin purse from someone at a tavern. He manages to hand the bag off to someone else in our party, but he's cornered by the private security of the person he stole it from. We picked a bad target. This person was important. Thinking quickly, my bard grabs our rogue, wrestles him to the ground, and flashes his badge. I convince them I'm an undercover cop and we've been tailing this guy. I proceed to arrest our rogue and contact the real police to come handle the search for the stolen purse. Our party ties the rogue up, drags him out of the tavern, and skips town with a purse full of diamonds before the real police get there. We could have chatted this person up, learned they were a famous jewel dealer, and gone on some big quest to help them in exchange for riches, but instead we oceans elevened that crap and we were never heard from again. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.